Faith Like a Child podcast. I'm your co-host Morgan here with Megan. Hi. And we are back after another slightly, I guess I should say slightly unexpected, but in hindsight, mostly predictable hiatus because as all of you parents know, summer with kids, very unpredictable. Mm -hmm. Also, now I can officially announce this now because I made the the announcement on my own social media but i the reason i was delayed earlier is i am pregnant yeah. and uh those of you who have three or more kids know like the the energy levels of pregnancy are draining anyway but then after you've been chasing around two toddlers all day like to try and do anything at night or at basically any time when you could be otherwise resting is like just really almost insurmountable to think about but we're in a good stage for energy level second trimester we're due uh, at Christmas time with a little girl. So what comes for this podcast in January, February, etc. yet to be seen. <laughs> but for now, we are back, baby. Yay! At least this week. And I would like to say, I'm going to, you know, put an asterisk by this because this is what I said after our last podcast like a month ago. But um, <clears throat> I, uh, I'm hoping that with the return of school imminently, which is already crazy to think about. It's already August, but with the return of school and uh, thus the return of a little bit more scheduled sanity in all our lives, um, that this will become a regular podcast again, at least through the fall. And then, like I said, after Christmas, who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll figure out a plan along the way somewhere. But in the meantime, we are here and we are uh, kind of going to dive into a conversation that we had promised many moons ago uh for those of you who are new or who have otherwise forgotten because it's been so long we've been kind of basing a lot of our conversations not all of them but a lot of them around um just kind of going through bits of the apostles creed to get at some of the big questions of faith um and so now we are kind of in the phase of talking about the holy spirit and uh the holy spirit as um for us, this conversation is going to really be kind of who is the Holy Spirit, why do we need the Holy Spirit, and kind of then how, as always, how do we talk about it with our kids. And obviously, as a person of the Trinity and as God, the Holy Spirit is very important. And yet, like in the Apostles' Creed, it's like you have, you know, eight lines about the life, death, and resurrection of Christ, and then just the line, I believe in the Holy Spirit. And then here we go. And it's like, okay, well what does that mean? Who is the spirit? Why do we have the spirit? What does the spirit do? Mm -hmm. Um, as I told Megan before we started recording, I'm going to try my hardest to not turn this into a seminary level discussion. Um, but there are a couple aspects that I wanted to talk about that really, um, stood out to me from my own seminary studies and just other studies that I've read. And, um, and I'll, I'll include some resources in the show notes, uh, as always, pointing to primarily the Bible Project, because I feel like it's the most easily accessible for both seminarians like me and also the people who want to know more but don't really feel like knowing all of the seminary-level words. <laughs> um, but um, I think a lot of what shapes how we how we t- think about the Holy Spirit ourselves and the, and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives not to mention then how that impacts what we say about it to our kids is kind of how we grew up thinking about the Holy Spirit. And in America, the American church to put it probably overly broadly, but 
you can kind of sum it up into two camps then and then kind of you know a third camp being somewhere in the middle but the two main camps that are kind of the most notorious are you have on one end of the spectrum the pentecostals charismatic believers where it's like you know the the slain in the spirit moments where the holy spirit comes on and people are speaking in tongues and you know falling to the ground and there's very active um moments where it seems like the spirit is like right there and kind of taking over people in the in the way of like in and affecting people in kind of some of the ways you read about in the new testament in terms of just like the dramatic and powerful moments and then on the other end of the spectrum you've got um what's known as cessationism basically where they the the idea is the holy spirit is you know an active part of the trinity is fully god kind of all the things that can make you you know doctrinally sound but at the same time being like but the holy spirit works primarily through scripture maybe some prayer we don't really see a lot of the miracles because we don't need those anymore because we've got the Bible easily accessible. We've got preachers, da, 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 da. Um, and, uh, I would say I would put those at the, you know, obviously the, the kind of the two ends of the spectrum. And then there's people who kind of fall in the middle and to not get into a seminary level discussion, there are some different things in the middle, but we're just going to have those kind of like the one end of the spectrum, the other end of the spectrum and somewhere in the middle. I personally grew up more on the cessationism side of the spectrum where it was like, yes, the Holy Spirit is active in the world, but it's like, yeah, you're much more skeptical, skeptical of like, is this something that the Holy Spirit is doing or is it just God working in different ways or is it my own imagination, particularly when it comes to things like call in your life or God has called me to do this or that. I've been, you know, hearing from the spirit about this. So it's like, well, is it the spirit that you're hearing or is it your imagination wanting it to be so kind of a thing? Uh, Megan, I don't know. I have assumptions about where you are on the spectrum, but I will let you speak for yourself as to your own experience there. <laughs> I'd be curious about what your assumptions are. Um, <laughs> Mine was more, I'm definitely more of a middle, middle of the road um, person as far as the way that I was brought up, um, that the Holy Spirit is basically the, you know, he, he lives inside you. He is your two-way communication with, with the Father, um, that he's the one that, you know, when, when the Bible talks about the still small voice. That is, you know, I was just raised, that's the Holy Spirit talking to you. It's a very, the Holy Spirit to me was always a very personal, um, personal part of the Trinity where it was kind of the one, kind of like that little angel sitting on your shoulder kind mm -hmm. of mentality is kind of how I pictured it. Um, growing up, that was just how I always saw it. And I, um, I would see some of the more extreme um, Pentecostal type situations when I would go to a friend's church um, and I was always fascinated by it but that was never my experience I never had an experience like that um, so I can't really speak to that uh, as I said I just I just didn't experience that it's just always been a very personal the Holy Spirit is our our part of God living inside of us mm -hmm. kind of kind of thing and that's just how I have always always viewed it not you know 
like most things that uh, I bring to the table on the podcast, it's very sort of simple. <laughs> yes. And I, yeah, that's actually pretty close to what I would assume. And I, I should clarify that for me too. There is that aspect of like, well, it gets kind of confusing, right? Because it's kind of like, when you become a Christian, you accept Jesus into your heart. And like, that's when the Holy Spirit comes in. But then it's like, you get confused, like, wait, it's Jesus and Holy Spirit. And then you kind of like, well, it's the Trinity. So it's all, they're all God and they're all, but like, there's a very different persona of the spirit. But then what does that mean? And of course, that's where it kind of gets vague and unclear because like, you know, the Apostles Creed is just like, yep, Holy Spirit nothing about what the Holy Spirit does or who the Holy Spirit is or like what aspects of God that that reveals. Uh, and so that's kind of the other reason why it's kind of like, well, it feels like in some ways the Holy Spirit is, is an extension of Jesus, which is true, but Jesus also speaks of the Holy Spirit as being like separate, like that mm -hmm. it's good that I'm going away because then the helper is coming to you. So it's like, it's true that it's still all God, but there is something very distinct and unique about the spirit that is different from Jesus. Um, and so I like that kind of that personal thing that you kind mm -hmm. of mentioned. I do think that is certainly one important aspect of the spirit. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things, this is the, this is the section where I'm going to get lightly into the seminary stuff that, um, but I want to keep it there. There were some things that I learned in seminary and in some books. And this is, again, I'm going to point, encourage you like to check out the links. If, if this is a topic that fascinates you, check out the video and then the four part podcast series from the Bible project on the Holy spirit. Cause they really get into this aspect. There's a lot of different things about the Holy spirit that have been, you know, doctrinally, controversial since the founding of the church and even some stuff more in the last decade or so about does the Holy Spirit have a gender and what is the actual purpose of the Holy Spirit and da 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 da. That's not what this gets into. This is really about like how do you see the Spirit working in Scripture and then what does that mean for us as believers? And um, to me, I think it resonates with me in part because again, I grew up in a in a tradition where it's like you really you know scripture is your first kind of resource of like is what i'm thinking or feeling how does that compare with what i know about god as revealed through scripture and experience through the bible um and so when we look at scripture this is again this is probably part of why it kind of stuck with me from seminary but the two main words that we have to describe the spirit in the Old Testament is the Hebrew word ruach, and in the New Testament is the he the Greek word pneuma. And you might recognize pneumas because it's it's spelled p with with the silent p, so like pneumothorax, pneumonia, kind of all that kind of that that's a root in there. Um, and I think one thing that that has really shifted how I think about the Holy Spirit is recognizing what those words mean in the broader biblical context. So take the Old Testament, for example, you have Ruach. It is a re reference to the Spirit. The first, you know, the first actual time we see it is in Genesis 1 verse 2, where it talks about the Spirit of God hovering over the waters. That's the Ruach of God. Um, but it's also the word that's used to describe things like wind, breath, um, kind of the like just like air when when God breathes into um, like gives humans life it's his ruach so it's he's not just giving life 
in that sense, there is the sense of like, is it the breath? Is it the spirit? And we kind of start to differentiate those two in our modern context, but that's not necessarily how the Hebrew texts would do that. And how like, especially like say, you know, the people studying the scriptures in Jesus day would have thought about it because there's a sense of like, well, it's yes, all of the above. Um, and so one of the things that you start to see when you read, it's actually one of the reasons why Hebrew is so difficult to learn because, you know, it's the same word in so many different ways. But, um, when you read about like the wind that dries up the, that cross the for the part in the red sea and the great wind that comes and dries it up that's you know that's ruach so is it like is it god's breath is it just the wind well and again in, in hebrew traditions like well why not both um and so you start to see well okay so if that's how god is working and and breathing and moving in the world there's kind of like that like in the bible project podcast they talked about how you know if you hold your hand up and, and no one who's listening to this podcast can see me doing it, but I'm literally doing it right now where you hold your hand up and you just feel your breath as you're talking, like you say a word, like that's the Ruach. And we separate that out from like the wind in nature, but that's not how, you know, the ancients thought of it. That's actually not even entirely how Jesus thought of it in, you know, in John three, you know, you have Numa kind of has some of the same connotations. So there's wordplay in John three, when he's talking with Nicodemus about, you know, the wind blows and you can't hear it or see it, but you see its effect basically. So it is with the spirit. That's the word Numa in both instances. Um, and so it's like, um, you start to, to recognize that there's this feeling of God is moving his breath, his spirit is moving in, in ways that are unseen, but very felt. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, that really hit me. And it might have just been partially that moment in seminary, but like, okay, so like this is more, the spirit is doing more than just working inside me. Like there is that aspect, like you were talking mm-hmm. about Megan, but like there's the way God moves and works in the world. And you feel like even just like, now every time I'm outside when it's breezy out, I do think about, you know, the Ruach and stuff. And it's like, I know in our, you know, modern context with all of our science stuff, it's like, well, wind is caused by these very, like heat rising from the ground and certain different environmental factors. And if you have a storm coming and air pressure changes and it's like, there's still like, but the wind is moving and you can't see, like, it's still that same ultimate effect. Like things are moving. God has designed it there's an impact that way. And I feel like that is how I've kind of started to come to understand the spirit a little more and that sense of like, well, we have the miracle of modern medicine. So maybe we don't need the miracles that are like, you know, Jesus touching someone and healing them from leprosy directly. Although there are still some things that we obviously can't cure or end, but that doesn't mean that medicine's not a miracle and we call it a modern miracle for reasons, but it just, to me, it starts to create ways of opening up the conversation for kids and friends and parents and grandparents, um, in different ways to kind of connect. And I don't know if that makes sense, Megan, I'm curious to hear a, if, if what I've just kind of been rambling on about here for the last, however long has, resonated with you your experience of what you've told 
I'm assuming primarily Rory because Rory is always our go-to. <laughs> Here's the kid who's asking all the questions stage. Um, or how, how that connects with what you've already told Rory and what you, you got, you and Josh have been talking about with him when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Josh, um, I usually approach more of the emotional, um, side of the conversation and Josh gives the biblical, you know, foundation. So it's, it's a good, it's a good pairing. Um, but yeah, with Rory, um, Josh has really spent a lot of time and, um, they also spent some time during our kids camp BBS kind of talking about Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came down and, and whatnot. So Rory, Rory was asking a lot of questions. Um, and so Josh kind of talked about the Holy Spirit as it was discussed through the old Testament and then how it took on a whole new meaning starting the new testament with that biblical um backing um and yeah for me again with my you know i can only speak to to my experience so when i talk to rory like we talk about um he and i will will sit and we'll talk about how the the holy spirit is the the truth giver you know it's the one that that steers your heart toward truth toward you know, what's right. Um, and I'll use the example, do you ever have um, a time where you're not sure which one is the right right decision, which one is, is the right? And you just, you just feel very strongly that one is the right path, even though it might be the harder of the two choices, you just know in your, in your heart that that's right. I'm like, that's the Holy Spirit prompting you, like giving you that, that truth in, in your heart. Um, and so we, I mean, I can, I can go on, but to, um, to answer your question specifically, um, Josh has talked to him a little bit about the more, um, physical presence of, of the Holy Spirit. Um, but I, I don't know if I was, uh, present for all of those conversations. So I'd have to ask Josh exactly what, what he talked to him about, but we, he has talked about, um, cause Rory did ask, well, mommy, does the Holy Spirit do things like that today? When we would talk about how the spirit would move in, you know, in the new Testament and, and how, um, how some of those more miraculous things would happen. Rory was like, well, mommy, daddy, does that still happen today? And Josh was like, yes, of course it does. You know, the same God that you read about in the Bible is the same God who exists today, the same Holy Spirit that you read about in the Bible, the same one that came down to the disciples, you know, at Pentecost is the same one that is living inside of you today. So why would the miracles just stop? Mm -hmm. Why would the moving of God and the Holy Spirit just stop? Mm -hmm. You know, um, they may look different today, but our world looks different today. Mm -hmm. People are different today. The needs of today are different than then so some of the miracles and whatnot may look different um but they're still there and god still moves and works and if you're paying attention you can you can see them mm-hmm. and you know the world likes to just pass it off as coincidence or um you know people who get healed from a terminal illness you know it's we we had to have that conversation with rory because he couldn't understand why some people get healed and others don't you know, why did both of his grandmothers have to pass away from cancer? But, you know, somebody else 
gets miraculously healed you know and so that's that's a conversation for another time but we we brought up you know how um to to focus on the holy spirit aspect of that that the spirit you know that god still works and god still performs those miracles that science can't understand mm-hmm. that they can't explain away because it is of god and mm-hmm. science can't can't put their finger on that without giving allowance to the fact that god does exist so yeah yeah so that's just kind of where in a in a summary version kind of where we landed mm-hmm. with rory yeah i think it's helpful to you're you're kind of what you're saying prompts me to think about like i and it's helpful at least for me to kind of think about well what was the purpose like what do we see the holy spirit doing especially in the new testament right uh and it's kind of like it's a twofold effect right obviously the spirit is meant to draw people into relationship with himself with god and kind of recognize the truth of the gospel um of what jesus has done and kind of bring us into community with god but there's also that element of bringing community with others right like at pentecost you have all these people hearing dozens of different languages from people and the miracle is like these are disciples that they never knew these languages before, but suddenly they can speak and people are hearing their, the, the gospel in their own language. And so that has that kind of the multi-layer effect of they get to hear the gospel and believe and have thousands be added to the church. But then that means they're also in community together in a way that um, is unimaginable, but for what God has been doing through the spirit in that moment. And that's kind of the pattern we see a lot over and over in the new testament is the idea of like the spirit working to spread the news and also help the church build community and obviously the church doesn't do that perfectly we even see again conflict already throughout the book of acts um and elsewhere in the old test or new testament so it's not like all of a sudden this be all magic like oh yes kumbaya and now we all get along and agree fabulously because that has never been the way the church has been even when jesus was here because obviously as we see in the gospels the disciples had very different ideas and they lived and walked with jesus like very intimately and Mm -hmm. our church is going through a sermon series right now where we're kind of having messages alongside of watching the first season of the chosen so this is like extra forefront in my mind and i'm sure in your mind too megan of like actually seeing that visual of like the disciples being like oh who is this jesus and like so drawn to him but at the same time being like wow you are really missing the point sometimes in some of these conversations that i'm like and it it makes just that much more personal because i'm like especially for me like i have sometimes i have a hard time watching scenes with peter because i identify with peter way too much and i'm like i am that person where it's like dude you're so close sometimes and yet man you think too highly or too much about things that you want to do that you think are the right thing and that's not how this works get it right man and you're like you know how this story ends but actually no peter doesn't because he's on the journey anyway side note but that's what makes it so relatable yeah you know that's that's why jesus chose the the men that he did and the people Mm -hmm. that he did because we needed to see ourselves in those that he was raising up in leadership positions that they were flawed just like we are Mm -hmm. it's hard to be inspired and by by examples of people that you're like oh well they're just perfect mm-hmm. you know no they're incredibly flawed and the same holy spirit that's inside of them 
is the same one that's inside of me, you know? Mm-hmm. So if they the can, same Holy Spirit that turned Peter from, you know, mm-hmm. denying Jesus three times and running away when he was arrested after having just said, I will never leave you. Surely I right. will never, like the others might, but I will not abandon you. And then it's like half hour, actually, JK, mm-hmm. bye. bye. Um, to, you know, preaching in front of the Sanhedrin, like being beaten, mm-hmm. eventually being martyred. Like, mm-hmm. like that's not just, oh, Peter saw the lights. Like, no, Peter is filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And it's... Yeah, that's the power of the Holy Spirit. It takes those things that are God-given inside of us that we, I mean, it's very clear from scripture and as depicted in the chosen, like Peter has, is stubborn and willful and, and has, you know, big thoughts and, uh, the spirit and Jesus guide him in different ways to use those. But like, those are things that are given to him and he has a talent um, but the spirit is what kind of activates that. And it's what not like, I think where that idea of like the broken people that you see over and over throughout, like the entirety of scripture, how much God uses broken people. And, and it's not because of their greatness, but because of his greatness that these people do great things. Um, and that's like, you say that's the same spirit there that is now living and working in us. And so that's where I think, to me, when I think about how I want to talk about this eventually with my kids when they get old enough to actually start asking these questions, like there is that element of like the spirit is here to help you, yes, but also here to help you in community. So it's like you individually, but also all y'all um, together pursue life in Christ. And I think that's where like to kind of touch back on the early conversation about like, how do you know what the spirit is? saying like how do you know if the things you're doing or hearing or sensing are actually from the spirit versus like just what you want in life mm-hmm. and i think it kind of points back to you can use scripture as like your guidestone of like is what i'm thinking or doing or considering does it fall in line with what scripture has already outlined and is it also and then and if it's somewhere something that's kind of in the the vague in between because like I mean, we can rely on scripture for a lot of things, but like, what is my next career choice or what do I pursue for education in college? Like, what degree do I want? Like, that's not exactly like I'm going to go to, you know, Colossians and find like, you should take study this thing. Like, that's not going to actually be what the scripture reveals to me. So then it's that idea of like, is what I'm contemplating, is that going to do help me, you know, or what, what am I, what is what I'm considering in line with how we see the spirit working both in scripture and in community of bringing us closer to God and closer to other people. Um, and it doesn't have to be like in the stereotypical way of like, well, I have to, you know, pursue ministry in order to be closer to God and people to serve other people. It's like, no, I could pursue a career in medicine or a career in business or a career in politics. And if it's helping me be closer to God and thinking about how I can help build community or support community and like spread the news that way and be the light of Christ that way. Like that's, you know, that's in line with what scripture talks about what the spirit does. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it also, um, (coughs) in, in my own life, the way that, um, because Rory asked me, well, mommy, how do you know? How do you know? And I said, well, I don't know how the spirit talks to everybody. I can tell you how the spirit talks to me. And I, um, 
And this is something my mom taught me from very young that you get a, a peace. You are washed over with a sense of peace when you make a choice and it is God breathed and God inspired. Just a peace washes over you, even if it's not the choice you wanted. The big example that I give to Rory is um, for those of you who don't know, I grew up in upstate New York and I was very, very close to my mom. She was my best friend. And I didn't want to move more than a couple hours away from home. Far enough to, you know, to be independent, but close enough to to be able to go home, you know, whenever I wanted for dinner, for the weekend or whatnot. Um, and long story short, uh, a, a job opportunity in Maryland popped up. I was 20 years old at the time. And I had just graduated from college and a teaching position opened up in Maryland. And I was about to click right past it. And my father um, walked in and happened to look over my shoulder and prompted me to just give it a shot. You know, you, know, you can always say no. Just, just apply. Um, long story short, I got an interview and then I got home and I got a job offer. And I was still waiting to hear from a school that I had wanted that was two hours closer to home, like two hours away from home. It was in New York. It was perfect. It was close to where my friends lived. It was like the perfect job. Kept waiting, kept waiting, kept waiting. Never heard back. The job in Maryland, the you know, I needed to let them know by three o'clock that afternoon. And I just prayed about it. And I didn't want to go to Maryland. I didn't know anybody. I did not want to move 400 miles away from home, but I just kept feeling a peace about it. And so I emailed my acceptance and I was washed over with peace. I felt sick to my stomach because I did not want to go, but I was so filled with peace. I just knew. Two hours later, I get an email from the other job. But that's another story. Um, I knew that that was where God wanted me to be. And even though it was the harder of the two choices, I see God's hand. I look back on the 10 years I had teaching at that school here in Maryland. Um, I was a teacher, a middle school teacher for 10 years at New Life here in Frederick. And it was wonderful. And I saw God move and I saw his hand work. And I met my husband and I had my children. And None of that would have happened if I had just done what I wanted because it was the easier of the two choices sometimes. And this is what I've told Rory. And this is the, this is the example that resonates with him because he's like, Mommy, well, well, how do you know if you're not just doing what you want? I'm like, oh, I didn't want. I did not want this one. I don't like the heat. I literally came down here kicking and screaming. Um, and I don't regret it at all. It was so hard. It was so hard. That first year was so lonely and so hard, but I I was okay with it because I knew the spirit just kept reminding me, this is where you are meant to be. This is where I am going to use you. This is where God is going to bless your ministry. And when you, and so for me and my experience, and this, these are the experiences that we give to our children because that makes them more real. Because if I tell them about Fred's experience down the road, that's not going to mean much. Mm-hmm. But to tell them about your own, this is how I heard the spirit. This is how, you know, I just, I hear that voice, that still small voice in my head. It's going to be okay. This is where you're going to be. This is where I, you know, this is where you're supposed to be. And that's how the spirit lives in you and, and shares, you know, that, that beautiful connection with God. And then Rory will ask that question. Well, in the old Testament before the, before the spirit came, 
that must have been terrible to not be <laughs> like what if you woke up in the night and you were scared you just you didn't have that that two-way conversation like you didn't have that that like peace of God in your heart like that must have been terrible it's just the look on his face and I never really thought about it that intensely before but we are so blessed to live when we do and to have the Holy Spirit and we take it for granted we take him for granted all the time mm-hmm. but it really is such a beautiful gift that mm-hmm. God has given us to give us that that communication and that ability to know and to feel peace about where we are, even if it's not the easy choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I know your story makes me think about mine was a little different circumstances, but similar idea of like, I mean, I was living in Montana at the time when my the job opportunity in DC opened up. And for me, there was never like a, a second option because my option had already closed, the one that I had been pursuing before. And it was like one of those things where it's like, okay, this is I'm officially like the door is officially shut on this I what I'm doing right now is okay but like I I can't do this forever I'm not making enough money I gotta you know get back into the things that I you know was trained for but I'm gonna you know start applying after the holidays and then I never actually had to apply anywhere else because someone contacted me about this job specifically and I was like oh that sounds good and then I flew out to DC because like I had never actually been to DC until I had uh, my job interview at the CCCU and um and I flew out for the interview and I walked around the area where the office is um which is right on Capitol Hill so I was like walk I walked you know a mile down and got to see the Capitol and stuff and I walked around and I just remember like walking and to this day I know I I know if I need to leave DC because if I go it's a lot harder to do it these days because I don't actually live in DC a and b I have little kids who go to bed before dark but if I go to the National Mall at night and I don't feel this like sense of like off like wow I can't believe I'm like here because I that that night I walked down and I just like I stood um there's a I won't get into like the specific streets but for for those of you who live in the DC area right in between um the Washington Monument and the U.S. Capitol like right along the Smithsonian's I just remember kind of coming into the middle standing there looking i was at a spot where you could just kind of see the lincoln memorial on the other side of the monument just like looking and looking at the capitol building which again this was the first time i'd ever seen it in personal up close and i was like this is going to be my city and like every time i go down now even on um especially there was about two it was about two years in right before i started dating josh two years in where i was like i really think it might be time for me to leave and i was thinking like completely leave like okay, my time in DC is done. And I went for a walk at night and I was like, no, this is still my city. I might not live here always, but this is still my city. So I was like, okay, so that's the sense of God being like, okay, so, so what I'm going to, what work I'm going to do or what my next phase is like, I'm not breaking all my ties. And it turns out that I, you know, would continue to work for, you know, the CCU in DC, even though I lived in Colorado and then I flew back regularly and and I'll still do occasional work for the CCCU. Um, and so it's like that, that tie hasn't been broken yet. So I'm like, there's that sense for me where it's like, it was never a hard choice for me to initially leave and move like it was for you. But that for me now, it's been more of the, is it time to do something different? Or is it time to think about, especially now that I finished my seminary degree of like, 
what do I do next with it? Like, what do I do for the job? And I always think back to those moments of like, okay, well, I don't think it's time to leave this area yet. And then obviously now I've got another baby on the way. So it's like, well, okay, I know I don't want to work full time to have to pay for my child and child care. So like that sets the next two years or so, at least of my, Mm -hmm. (laughs) my career path, which is fine. Um, but there is kind of that sense of like, well, what will I do next? And it's like, I don't know, but I also know the journey that led me here over the last, you know, 10 years is, was one that I never thought was going to happen. Even like I went from being like, I have no idea. I like, I'm, I'm open to leaving Montana, but at the time I was thinking I was going to maybe move back to Chicago because I had lived there for a year right after college. And I was like, well, maybe I'll move back to Chicago. That's close to family. East coast never came into my head because I don't have a lot of family out here, not, none in the DC area really, um, directly. But I was like, that's not really something I'm familiar with. And then literally went from that to packing everything up, shipping and moving it to start a new job, like within six weeks. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, well that was not something that I expected. So I have a sense for me anyway, that probably whatever big quote unquote career thing happens next is likely going to be in that vein. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how the spirit has worked in my life. But there's that 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 sense still of peace right of that mo- that moment of like yes this is it and it's it's something that like you can use as a touchstone and that is for me how the spirit works and but there's also been times where i'm like like with grad school and stuff you know a lot of my decision making of where i went to seminary and stuff was partially a well, what's most convenient for me and what's like, what's doable for me and Josh in our marriage. Cause we started grad school at the same time and all his programs were in person. And I was looking at a couple in-person programs, but they weren't in the same city. A couple of them were kind of close. So I was like, well, maybe we could live in between and then commute. Uh, and then I was like, well, I keep coming back to this one and they have an online program. That's like mostly online at the time they were like 80% online. And then you had to commute to California usually a couple times. So I was like, well, I could probably swing that if we had to. And then they, went fully online my first year at Fuller. So I was like, oh, now I don't have to commute at all. So I guess that works out too. But it was like, I don't know if there, in hindsight, Fuller was definitely the right fit for me. But at the time I was like, I don't know if this is necessarily that much better than some of the other places I was applying to. Um, And I think if circumstances had been in different ways and we had ended up where I could have gone to one of those other choices, like I don't think it would have been a wrong choice, but it certainly in hindsight turned out to be the best choice in ways now that I can more fully appreciate that I didn't then. And so there's that sense for me of like, God, I'm open to kind of going wherever, like let the dominoes fall a little bit. And I will, you know, I will go with what makes the most practical sense right now, trusting that that's like, you're going to use that either way. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that sense too of like, well, the, the move to DC maybe itself wasn't necessarily practical other than, Oh, Hey, a job and I don't have to start searching for other places to apply for. And I don't have to write my resume 16 different ways and go through, you know, all those rounds of interviews. This is just one that fell into my lap for so like, well, that's not really a hard choice for me, but also like to the other end of the spectrum that we've been talking about. And I think that's like you say, it's helpful to have those examples and references because yeah, it's, it is going to be different for everyone. There's, mm-hmm. there's, I want to say there's, I don't want to say that there's no right ways because there are like, we have doctrine and different things to how we think about God and the spirit and how the spirit interacts, but there's not necessarily one, like God made us all individually unique. So in that sense, we're all going to experience relationship with him very differently. 
but there are trends. So like you say, like that moment of like, this is what it is. Um, I think particularly for me, it's useful in those moments where it's kind of like, well, I don't know if there's necessarily a bad choice here. Mm-hmm. There's might be one that's more right than others or feels more right. So that's the one I'm going to kind of you what some people would call your gut instinct versus like, no, I think that's actually, like you say, the spirit nudging you. Um, and then there's sometimes where you're like, there's really no other option at all. In my case, like literally is your option. And in your case it was like, well, nope, this is, this is it. This is mm-hmm. it. And then maybe things come up and after you and you're like, in hindsight, what would have been different? But at the same time it's like, well, no, there really was no other option. Mm-hmm. Even though, even if there was, there wasn't. Yeah. Um, there are, you know, there are times when um, one person once asked me, they're like, so follow, um, and it was, it was a, um, a friend of mine uh, when I was younger who had, <clears throat> who, who believed in God, but was questioning kind of the depth of um, how much he believed in God. And he asked me, um, so, and I, my, my, train just totally derailed in my brain hold on one second <laughs> I was going somewhere with this um oh yes so the whole idea of free will and you know that's not the topic we're gonna get into but <laughs> <laughs> we're not going down that rabbit hole but the whole well so you say you came down here because you know you knew that this was where God wanted you well where does your where does your choice lie like if you're supposed to have free will you know, where's your choice? And I'm like, oh, I totally have a choice. I have a choice to follow it or not. Like, I, I, I knew in my heart that this is where God was prompting me, that this is where God was saying he wanted to use me. Now, I am not without my own thought and ability to make decisions. So I could have said no. I want to take the job in New York and emailed the school that I had already accepted the position to and been like, hey, sorry, you know, I changed my mind and backed out and I could have taken the one. I could have done that. Um, There was nothing preventing me from doing that other than I felt in my soul, in my spirit, that this is where God wanted to use me. And I very much had a choice. I can follow it or not. So... Um, and this, this was a conversation where he, he didn't really know how to argue with that because he, his whole point was, oh, you know, the puppet master and, you know, where's your free will? I'm like, I very consciously made a choice, you know, God was not saying, you know, if you don't do this, then your entire life is going to fall apart and I will never speak to you again. Like there was no, it was just, I just heard that voice in my, in my head, in my heart. This is where I want to use you. And I chose to follow that. And I mm-hmm. felt peace. And like I told Rory, because he thought, oh, so everything was happy. Everything was good. And I was like, no, that was the hardest year of my life. I didn't know anybody. I lived alone. I spent a very, very lonely year. I cried myself to sleep many times. It was a very, very hard, hard year. But, and he's like, well, why didn't you go home? And I said, because I still knew that God said he was going to use me. This is where he wanted to use me. And so, and, and that's the thing. The spirit doesn't always guide us to the easy choice, to the one that's going to make us happy necessarily, at least not right away or if ever. I mean, not every decision is, is easy. 
Um, Look at or the Old even, Testament prophets for that. Ex- exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But can you say they weren't following God? You know, sometimes mm-hmm. it requires us to make sacrifices. And so just because we're following God doesn't necessarily mean God's promising to make us happy. But we have joy. I was not happy that year, but I was filled with joy because I knew that I was where I was supposed to be and and God was using me. And when you focus on God and you know that you're doing what he is equipping you to do, that joy builds and the happiness comes. You, You find that joy in doing what you know is right. And the spirit is your cheerleader, constantly encouraging you, you know, good job, you're, you're, you're doing a good job. I know it doesn't feel like it. Like you get that internal sense of peace and, and excitement that, you know what, this is very hard. It, it's very hard emotionally, but I am happy that I am here and I'm doing it. And I, and I look back on that first year and I see the students that I was able to have an impact on. There was one in particular that I'm still close to to this day that needed me, like needed my particular giftings, I guess. I don't know, me. She Your uniqueness. My meanness. She and I bonded. And that, that relationship lasted through all the rest of her middle school, through her high school, into adulthood. Um, and I, I don't get to talk to her with her as much as I, I um, would like to, but she... And, and I, I mean, there could have been others, but she's one that I know um, who came back and said, thank you for seeing me. Thank you for being there for me. Thank you for listening to me. And that was God using me. God knew that that child needed what I could bring to the table. And I am so grateful that God allowed me to be part of that story, to be part of that, um, you know, loving on that, that girl and, and helping her through, you know, that difficult year for her. And, and, it, and it just, it, it goes to show that even if it's hard, God uses you and God blesses you and he uses the spirit to guide that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's what I want to instill in my children. And that's what we try to teach to Rory, you know. Um, Josh, I have to try to rein him in a little bit because he wants to get very deep into the, you know, the theological reasons and all of that and I'm like that's great you can talk to him about that but he's eight it's gonna go in one ear and out the other to an extent like he sets that foundation but right now we're really trying to mold his heart and the head knowledge you know and and it will will come but right now we want to try to give him examples that mold mold that heart to be spirit sensitive mm-hmm. you know so that that for, for any parents who are listening, that would be my takeaway for you from my own experience is to just tell your kids your experience. They want to know you. They want to see that mom and dad have, had, have listened to, the, to, to God, to the Holy Spirit. And this is how I have heard the Holy Spirit speak to me. You know, they want to know you. They want to know your walk. Um, so give them that example and try to teach to their heart. Try to, try to mold that. Um, and then call Morgan for the theological depth because she is so much better at that than I am. I'm, I'm way out of my league. In that Download department. the Bible Project <laughs> app and then you can just search things on their app for Bible Project and be like, uh, what do you have for resources on the Holy Spirit? And be like, oh, here. That's also very helpful. 
if you don't if you can't phone a phone a friend or phone a morgan look at the bible project i like that i need to make a t-shirt phone a morgan yeah no and i think too the only other thing that i i've been struggling and we might have to make this a, a topic down the road at some point but of trying to figure out how to well i should say i need to figure out how to do this on both a level for me because it's been lacking in my life but also how to do it with my kids of like reading scripture memorizing things more Mm -hmm. because one of the ways that the spirit has really worked in my life and again this is probably partially a result of my tradition and upbringing but of like like those moments especially when i had a lot of anxiety in middle school you know the the typical middle school angst and stuff Mm -hmm. and would be laying awake at night and having a hard time falling asleep and like just random Bible verses would kind of pop into my head or different songs sung in Sunday school, things like that, that I had memorized a long time ago and that maybe didn't in that moment didn't have the same meaning, but it had fresh meaning. And that's where I could just like meditate on those verses or just like think about that in different ways. And it would just like kind of calm my brain down in ways that otherwise couldn't. And so it's like, I, how, how do I do that with my kids where I can kind of like, you know, read the scripture or instill that. And I'm like, and, and at what age do we do that? So like right now with Nora, we're, um, with, we have a, a challenge through kids ministry that, um, Megan has helps head up of like reading through different Bible passages and stuff. And we were, we were really running into just Nora wouldn't pay attention when we would actually read out of, you know, the Bible or out of our Bible storybook. So we just mainly focus on the, the videos that, that you had included in the list, Megan of like mm-hmm. that. The God the, story videos. Yeah. The God story videos. And we just kind of watch those on repeat throughout the week mm-hmm. and then kind of talk about different aspects of that. And so like, that's helpful for her to sink in, but it's not quite the same as scripture but at the same time i'm like well maybe this is how she's just gonna learn this for right now and then at some point we'll figure out like maybe that's where me discovering the bible project is really helpful because as she gets a little older and can understand it a little better we can move into some of those videos and kind of get into like kind of reading more of the scripture and how that's that's kind of divided up and Mm -hmm. and things like that so it's like there is that again the aspect of like how do you do things in an age appropriate way to help them think about mm-hmm. how the spirit works. And some of it is the spirit has to prompt them to start asking the Rory questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are things like that, different things you can find for your kids that I think are helpful, at least in introducing them to the way God works in the world and thinking about mm-hmm. how, how God moves in the mm-hmm. world today. And that's where regularly going to church is really helpful. Even though it's really hard some mornings I was like today, I was like, Oh, neither Josh or I are working in kids ministry. We have like an extra half hour. We're not going to be late for church. Spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> if we were, we were a few minutes late for church again. Um, and that's just life with toddlers. People, you, you know that, but it's like at the same time, it's like, I want them to know that like, this is part of our Sunday routine. It's important to us. It's important to them in different ways. Cause they to get to play with friends at kids church, which is a little different than sitting and like listening to a sermon or anything. But it's like, that's still that, like we want to have communal time with our family in Christ. And there's important to that. So if nothing else, we're setting them up for routines later down the road that they can ask questions about. Um, your, your, some of the things you were talking about earlier, where it's like, like the free will conversation is like, well, when we teach our kids about discipline and the idea of like, you can make that choice, but there will be a consequence one way or the other. Like mm-hmm. you kind of strongly implying or explicitly <laughs> implying of like, 
telling them of like, there is one choice that you should make, but you're welcome to make the other choice and deal with the consequences. Mm-hmm. And that kind of sets the groundwork one way or another, mm-hmm. uh, especially if it's done positively, like for those future conversations. So I think it's, it can be intimidating to think about how we talk about some of these things with our kids. Mm-hmm. Because again, like the Holy Spirit, it's like such a big concept that we as adults still can't fully comprehend. But at the same time, so it's like, how can we do that with our kids? But at the same time, it's like, those are the things where it's like the, the groundwork, the, the lane, like we, as Paul writes, like we can plant the seeds and, you know, till the soil, but God makes it grow. You know, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, God, but God made it grow. It's like, we can do some of those things. And then God's spirit is going to work the way he works, like the wind and the trees that moves things, the Ruach that you can't see, but it's still very, very present way to wrap it up that you know was, that was well done i'm I trying here that that was i that was i i have to confess friends we are recording this like late on a sunday night and i was it's like we're gonna see nine o'clock yeah we're gonna see how this goes with me both being tired parents after a day and also me on pregnancy brain late at night so mm-hmm. hopefully this made at least as much sense to you as it did to us i think it made sense to us mostly <laughs> I think so. except for my momentary train derailment yeah, it happens Earlier. to the best of us. But anyway, edit that part out. Well, now that you've mentioned it again, I kind of have to keep it in just for the humor of it. But anyway, yes, yes. thank you all once again for listening and coming back and hanging out with us. If you have any questions, feedback, still have that Gmail faith like a child pod pod faith like a child pod at gmail.com. We technically still have a Facebook page. I don't really do much with it yet so if anyone is super interested like ping me to join and i'll get you in and then you so other people got to do it because i'm t- like i said pregnancy brain i can barely remember to do like we went to the grocery store and i was like i need these three things and i only remembered one of them anyway and i had a list that was with a list okay that's that's the state of things sometimes these days anyway um but yes if you haven't yet please leave us a rating on uh apple music i said music i don't i don't have apple products anymore i always want to say itunes i don't think it's called itunes but apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts that you can leave ratings and reviews we'd love to get your feedback um and as always share it with a friend a parent a caregiver um if you found it helpful and something to think about um check out those resources from bible project that are in the show notes highly encourage it if you want to think more about the holy spirit in general always a good thing and until next time we'll talk to you Later. Bye.